This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. I'm Doug Wilson, and I've been in technology delivery for more than 35 years. I think that, that my realization was I actually personally shifted from a being a very command and control, I'm an ex-submariner, a command and control leader, to one that spent more time empowering and marketing my team versus managing them. Hi, I'm Matt Smith. I am a, an executive digital transformation, um, an enterprise architecture expert, and I focus on driving IT and product development organizations that are highly focused on continuous development and delivery. This is a continuing episode of a series, Once Upon a Time, the story of a large digital satellite and entertainment provider's transformation. That'll make sense. And you know what? I think there's an interesting point here is that the transformation was not just IT, it was also the business. So Doug, did you have, uh, how do I say, authority to, to get the business to change or was there some kind of, what happened? How'd that happen? I was hired because of a failure the previous year. And I was interviewed, I was living in Amsterdam and I was flown to New York to interview with the business leaders oh. before I even interviewed with the IT leaders. Oh, there we are. So they flew me from Amsterdam to New York. I flew from New York to California and then back to Amsterdam. And they were completely bought into the decision to make some changes in the organization. And they were really bought into the so what of what we were trying to do. And the challenge was trying to convince them of how giving more flexibility and to the people on the floor to make decisions would drive toward what they were getting to. We had to, we had to prove it first. And we started small. We, we provided immediate feedback. So when we talk about that Five, five, or 50, 55, and we did 50, 58, 18 months, we had to do something in the first three months in order to get the buy-in. So part of, of, of the focus, and really, to be honest with you, my focus before Matt came and then it became Matt's focus is, how do we market the good things that are happening? Get the word out. IT people are good at delivery. Not all of them are good at uh, spending the time to brag about their teams. And as a, as a leader, that becomes more and more important. You're kind of talking around it a little bit. Uh, what can you tell us about the inciting event that, that caused this organization to decide, oh, we have to do something to, we have to do a big change? You mean like the health scares? That's what I call it. I'll stage this one just by saying that everyone probably knows someone that you haven't seen in a while. Maybe they weren't the healthiest person per se. You know, you see them, some time goes by, and then, you know, it's a year, a year and a half, two years later, and you run into that individual again, and all of a sudden they're fit and they look great. And you can't help but go up to them and go, oh, my gosh, you look amazing. And they say, well, thank you. I had a heart attack, and it was the best thing that ever happened in my life. I almost died. So I scared myself into becoming a healthier individual. And, and I have always looked at the opportunity in, in this, this situation right here as there was a giant health scare. And that was, you know, Doug, you know, go ahead and take it from here. But sure. As a, a very large client <laughs> being very unhappy, right? Well, in the large client, we were in the middle of a, a, a renewing a contract, and this was our differentiator. Having this product was a differentiator for the company. The person before me, mind you, this is a seasonal product. It's only four months of the year it's used. But the person in the role before me had to stand up not only in front of the CIO, but the board and explain why it didn't work. And, and, and my comment was, I never want to do that, <laughs> ever. So 
I'd, I'd like to, uh, to stand up in front of the board, and we did this in front of our CIO, and, and show him why it did work, how it worked, and how well it worked. I'm okay with making mistakes. I'm a, I, I like to, to allow teams to take risks, but, I'm a, but my view is fail fast, fail early, and fail often, but also fail cheaply. So instilling that ability to get into instant feedback rather than waiting till the, you know, the major event being at, a, and I'll just throw out there, uh, we've got to provide uh, ability to sell a pay-per-view fight, which sells millions and only operates once. Uh, it's got to work, Right. You can't take a risk and, and, and let the risk be tested on the day of the fight, <laughs> right? So there's certain things that, that you have to make sure that, that work, and, and there is no fail. So, so instead of having a single-threaded, for instance, login for the fight, you create backup plans for your backup plans. Hmm. Fortunately, once we got to that point, we fixed everything that we had backup plans, three of them. We never had to in, implement or turn either one of them on. Everything worked. Nice. But, but getting there, though, to make that happen, to create that, say, technical environment, <clears throat> that was about, right? You had to go from a super tightly coupled monolith-type environment to something that was fast and decoupled and modular. Yeah, I think one of the magical things that happened, but again, you got to go do that. So we were able to navigate the organization to say these types of changes need to be made, Um and then, you know, able to secure the funds and then have the wherewithal to do it. But again, that, that was going out and then finding the right people that could actually pull that stuff off, which is no easy task either. No, it isn't. And what we found is we had some of the people already. We just didn't know it. One of the things that you think about that compelling event, in order to drive people to, to need, think, you got to create a hole in your heart in order to drive people to change. And when we came on board, that hole in my heart was this, this product. And we had to prove ourselves with this product. And once we proved ourselves with this product, the hole was in the heart of the entire organization. Everybody wanted to do it that way. There was also there's an aspect of, of changing the, the structure and the governance aspect of it, but also we actually changed a lot more than that. We changed the architecture. We decoupled the architecture, so anything that we were delivering from that point on was delivered in a, an approach that was decoupled in a microservices. And, and this is before, really before microservices became a thing, we were building microservices. And everything we deployed had a, had a toggle that was, I mandated that, that we could turn it on and off at any point in production without a code release. Nice. So we're able to manage the risk that way. Are you new to Agile or Scrum? Looking for a fun way to pick up the knowledge to become an Agile team? Go get the novel, Agile Noir. It's a dramatic novel about a project manager who needs to transform his teams to become Agile because his life depends on it. This book is available in the US on Amazon, in India on pothy.com, in China, it's available on my WeChat store. Links are in the show notes. Check out the show notes. In there, you will find a link to the article from CIO Magazine that mentions Doug and Matt Smith. What are show notes? Show notes are right there in your podcast player, if that's what you use. If you downloaded this from a website, though, you have to go back to that website where you got the MP3, and in that website, you will see show notes there, and there will be links related to this content 
for your easy access. This series started at episode 210. If you're like my friend Joe and you missed the first episode, go ahead and search in your search engine the words Lancer Agile Thoughts Archive and go ahead and look for episode 210 there. Next episode, more Matt and Doug. Yes, I was brought on board to fix things, but the teams decided how they were going to work. Fortunately, only thing that we wanted was consistency across the teams. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll give you an example of, of how that worked. This is probably it's going to sound crazy, but everything had wheels on it. <laughs> okay, uh, the desks had wheels. Obviously, the chairs had wheels to go with the desks. And this was one of the bane of my existence in this building. Is the the corporate folks would come up weekly, and I would get chastised because the desks weren't in the place that the paper said that they put it there, right? And, you know, for whatever reason that they had, which I'm sure was legitimate, was very important that that person is allocated to this desk that sits in this location. Um, and it was one of the things that I never told the team, right? So what would happen is, you know, almost spontaneously, there was an amoeba that would form and you would see people actually start pulling desks together and borrowing from this team to that team, which was, I think, the most wonderful like display of agile adaption and, and evolvement that you could see find out next episode